The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm here with Sam Couture. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Saturday morning recordings, excellent. And Sam Brian Casey, how you, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good morning. And Bart Hansen. Hey, Shannon Blanc for breakfast. <laughs> right. uh, we did have breakfast, however. Breakfast um, of champions. <laughs> ah, there we go. Now, gratuitous I, wine pour number one. That's right, <laughs> and, and we, we we will have many more. And I got I even got the crystal in there, so. All right. God, we are mid-June. Can you believe that? I mean, it's amazing. Um, it, it happened fast. It did. It really happened fast. And uh, so you guys have been out in the fields. And by the way, I saw that Facebook shot that Ben took. Mm. Um, you know, please tell him to send it to me so I can print that sucker. So it was so beautiful. It had the California poppies in the front. And which vineyard? Um, so that's uh, you said Phil planted what five yeah, years ago? It's five, five, six years ago. It, that's Oakville Ranch. Um, you can see it, it's on the sixteen six hundred Instagram and, and Facebook page. Um, it, it's a land of fifteen thousand dollar a ton Cabernet, wow. um, <laughs> seventy acres of it. I thought uh, I thought Cab peaked at ten. No, this is Nap. This is Napa where. Um, the average price for Valley Floor Cab is like five to seven thousand dollars a ton. And, that's and this is floor, and yeah. this is not Valley Floor. No, this is the highest vineyard <laughs> on the, the east side of the Oakville district. That was um, as high as you can get. And that's it's still farm. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, uh, yeah. and and uh, so in the sea of this, you know, land of Cabernet, um, my dad found a little notch to plant a couple acres of Grenache. So that's what's. Uh, the background there is is behind those poppies is our our hidden Grenache plot in in Cabland. Nice, it's and, beautiful. And, and and what was that conversation like? I wonder. Like because of course you would just plant Cabernet there. Of course, so for Phil. No, I, I don't think it. It's <laughs> a spot where you couldn't grow, grow Cab. There okay. there had actually been a Chardonnay there previously, oh, okay. uh, and the Chardonnay was dying, so pulled it out and there's terraces and if you still have you have terraces in Napa right. you have to replant them otherwise they go away and you never get to plant them right, again right. so um you know i i I don't know. I, I think he probably did it and said, "Oh, hey, by the way, yeah, m- uh, I want m- to miss, miss Vineyard owner. <laughs> uh, no, I planted done. some Grenache. Yeah, don't worry. I'll buy. And I'll then buy I'll buy it. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's and no so problem. Actually, we'll uh, we'll be releasing our first Oakville uh, Grenache uh, this summer. Well, that's I, I sent it out to wine club members already. Really, Ed will have it next week. Did I get it in my last shipment? You got it. You have you have one oh, in man. your cellar. Hopefully, you didn't oh, yeah. drink it already and didn't realize what it was. Uh, <laughs> no, the only thing that has been consumed is the Viognier because jo- okay. Jones been on a Viognier kick. So, no, I think Mark at Sante tried it. He's Sante is the uh, the only restaurant in America. He That'll said that it, he told me that that was that, that was a couple it. weeks ago. He told me it rivals um, any Grenache in the world. 
He was Sorry, he was really he was <laughs> super. I, I, I gave yeah. me the chills. Yeah, <laughs> I got the chills from that one. You hear that, Julian? Yeah, he told me world yes. class, world class. He said, wow. uh, honestly, awesome. I mean, honestly, that yep. that's got to make you feel real good. Um, it's that's that's great to hear. I mean, you know, you know, it tastes good when you taste it, but um, that sort of, you know, he's a, a serious psalm at a serious restaurant to say something like that. Yeah, um, makes you feel good. Yeah, you should hold on to that bottle that I sent you, or or buy more so that you oh, can, I can so I, you can drink that one. I can always buy more. <laughs> well, and the price just went up. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is to keep the you know keep those points flowing, right? You know, I so mean, that you can go as go as we know, as yeah. we know. Canada. I opened a bottle of the one of the Grenache rosés. Uh, tasted delicious. Mm. Still, you know, still kind of. Waited to show itself till yeah. the bottle was about halfway. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, and then uh, opened a bottle of the Hamel, mm. and that was just delicious. Isn't that just? It's like classic Sonoma. Yeah, it's just yeah. so Sonoma. Yeah, and in that area, you know, it's it's the perfect. It's not the perfect. It's a perfect spot for Zim. Right, nice and warm, but does get the shadow of the mountain. You right, know? so right. it doesn't. I'm burn just amazed. You're, you're talking about perfect Sonoma. Mm-hmm. The range of terroir from the north part of our county to Carneros. It's just amazingly different. And you can grow anything here at some spot. I mean, of course, I think the, the epicenter, you know, is either Moon Mountain and Monte Rosa in that area or right behind Pagani and, and back into Bennett Valley, in that area. And, you know, it's just... You so know, it's all the by, way to the by coast. La- by I mean, Lasseter. The yeah. things that are happening... Um, things that are happening in like Fort Ross, yeah. Um, as far as finding as close to a cool climate as you're going to get in, you know, warm Northern California, um, you know, from that to the arid slopes of Moon Mountain, um, to the Bay Shore in Carneros, we do have, you know, that's how we're able to do all those things. Is it's it's such a, um, you know, diverse. Climactically diverse soil types, um, and, you know, geological formations. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's funny how in Sonoma Valley the fog affects things. In that we get some days we get the fog coming up from the bay, and sometimes and it doesn't make it necessarily to Glen Ellen, and then sometimes we get it from Santa Rosa through the Petaluma Gap, the Russian River Gap, into and Glen Ellen. Yeah, but but then maybe it didn't come in in the bay that day. So you know, I like it. I like it when it comes. Over Sonoma Mountain, when it, the really dramatic like fog bank encroaching through yeah. Petaluma, and then it hits Sonoma Mountain, and it kind of stalls there, and then kind of and it looks over. like it looks like water. It starts yeah. to sort of flow yeah. down the slope and into the valley. Yeah. Uh, we drove That's into the, the city the other night uh, for a concert, and um, it was just spectacular watching the fog as soon as you hit the bridge. And we could barely see the stanchions of the bridge at all. And I was, you know, just amazed. And then coming back on my, uh, you know, the built-in GPS thing, and so it's got a little map. And at night, it shows that bay as bright blue. And we're just basically going around the top of the bay. We're so close to the bay, it's unreal. It's pretty amazing. The I mean, as we sit here, San Francisco, the edge of San Francisco Bay is... Seven uh, ten miles? miles, yeah, if that, yeah, if that, crow yeah. flies as a crow, you yeah. know, straight out to straight out to Wingo. Yeah, well, now, wave at Beyonce as you where, get out there. Where does the soil? Where does the water get um, salinity? Um, I mean, 
Trouchard, the reason they have that plot, that whole place so cheaply is they water from their own Well, they reservoirs. figured out back in the day as right. farmers that if uh, all their neighbors were sort of going out of business because they didn't have a lot of rainfall, they, they figured out how to dig a hole. And, it's just a big well, reservoir. And in the, and the winter, when it would, it would I mean, rain, they'd fill up. And but uh, down there, I mean, you you know, you start tapping for water. You're well, there, there are issues water. down there. I mean, there's basically there's, Napa Road is the yeah Napa Road's kind of it. And from there, you have to ask water from the water agency, or um, you know, collect it in storage ponds. So there is an issue as far as water down. Do there. you guys collect it, Lassiter? We have wells and we have our big uh, irrigation pond and yeah. we have our wastewater ponds um, that, you know, our secondary pond we could irrigate out of. Well, uh, certainly Truchard is doing a great job of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, How's it looking in the fields, guys? You've, you've been out there. So, I mean, what's happening? We had last time we were talking about Bloom. And so Bloom set. Now do you have yeah. full set? And what did the rain do? So there's my question. So far... The the reports I've heard from we had a little rain incident, <clears throat> the R word rain incident, yes. uh, and pretty minor damage. Most of what um, most most everything was through bloom and set, um, and so you know from that standpoint it's all right. You know what happens is it, it rains and then the sun comes out and it gets warm. Although not today, um, that and that's windy. when that's when you get and that's when you get mildew problems right. but the way this is rain and then cool weather and wind it's I, perfect i think we'll be all right if it kind of dries it out before yeah. the sun really you know before it gets warm next week i think we'll be okay yeah last night was uh i was driving through oh, Petal- I was in Petaluma, Petaluma wind gap and it was neat to about five o'clock 69 degrees but the wind was ripping through there and the and the vines are looking beautiful right now because they're all green and they got the young little shoots coming off them and they're waving their hands in the wind and it, it almost you couldn't uh, distinguish one vine from another vine because they were they were just moving like right, hair in the wind one, yeah. and they were just shaking all over the place. It was beautiful. Were they hanging with integrity, dappled in sunlight? They were, they were dappling <laughs> and hanging. And, and they were Ed wants to make his dabbing, t-shirts. They were dabbing. So you know the winemakers. <laughs> we, we hang with hang integrity. with integrity and dappled <laughs> in sunlight. Yeah, they were doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, gonna be perfect. Yeah, you know, the rain is always seems to be a bigger issue in the press and talked about than what it ends up usually being um, here in Sonoma County. Um, uh, but it means another pass through the vineyard yeah. that they wouldn't have probably had to do as soon. Um, uh, it means more tractor time. It's good for my dad. Yeah. yeah. There is, um, Bad you know, for the vineyard owners. And, and somewhere yeah. along the way, there's some outlying vineyards that weren't quite done with bloom that it might have affected. You know, well, that's what I was wondering, if know. there was any shatter at all. But again, those are outlying varieties the, the, and places. Yeah, the thing about, like, even our highest elevation, like Corbin Cameron, uh, the top of Cayman, uh, Moon Mountain, um, you know, they were 70, 80, 60, 70, 80% through, through set. So, you know, the amount of shatter that happened... Um, Probably was it's pretty much within the range of what you'd expect anyway. Yeah, and what, uh, what, and you're, what you're going to drop anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It just means, you know, 10%, 15% less fruit to cut off. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, if, it, if the rain event that we had last week had been two weeks earlier, 
uh, it would have been a much more serious yeah. discussion. But I think we kind of dodged the dodged the bullet. Well, that's the thing, you know. You never want to say the R word right around you know bloom time. No, it's obviously, the, the last you know? thing. Now you know, other than other than the mildew, uh, you know, it's one one less reason to start watering, you know, right. sooner. Um, you know, yeah, when you, all the like when, summer cover crop really, really dug it. So you haven't irrigated at all at, no. anywhere. No, we haven't. At Lassiter. Fresh, fresh vines. Yeah, freshly planted yeah. vines um, would be the only thing. Places that you're planting, you water right before you plant, and then you water right after. But other than that, I'll tell you one thing that's happened since we last met is at Lassiter. There's a new planting of semion, mm. um, and they tea budded it, and it started to grow. And in about a week, it grew about four feet. <laughs> oh, <crap>. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the plan I mean, it, for it the... Went, All right. it, it went from being here to, you know, I like... And this is... It was cut over. No. New no. planting. New planting. The semion. And the, the field... They, they field butted Salvador it. and his crew. Yep. So what what you said, they tea butted it? What? They tea butted I'm going to let Sam... Uh, explain that. All right. Talk rootstock. So uh, when... This is... We could get so deep on this, and there's so many puns I could use that because we're talking about underground. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, okay, wait, every time he does a pun, I'm going to do this. Right. Ding. Ding. Oh, man, you're going to break a glass. Um, <laughs> so there's two ways to plant a, a modern vineyard because almost everywhere you plant grapes, the, the variety that the vine is above the ground is different than what the genetics of the, the root the stock. The root right. stock. Yeah. So you can buy root stock that is what we call... Uh, bench grafted, meaning that it was done in the nursery before it got to the vineyard. And um, we almost, Enterprise Vineyards basically never does that. Um, what we do is we, we plant the rootstock, let it establish, even if it's six months, uh, you know, from spring to fall, depending on, on the, on the budding. Um, and then, number two. Um, gratuitous poor number two and then and then what we do so once the roots are the, this little vine bushy kind of looks like a grapevine but isn't is growing on the ground we'll go and we'll, we'll cut almost all of it back and take a, a bud and, and it's hard to, I should post a picture or something well, it's, so it's grafting it's grafting yeah that's you it you take this little node from a, from a stick of a, a a cane of a vine that you know you know the variety you want and you put that little node in there you make a you know, two identical cuts and put it in, tape it up. And from there, from that spot grows eventually the trunk of the vine that, that will be, you know, the fruit producing vine. So what, what Bart is talking about is we went and grafted little semion buds into the rootstock. And in the course of uh, two weeks, sunshine, rain, warm weather, warm weather just shot and up. four feet. I got to get out there and yeah. take a look at that. It's, it's you awesome. should post, take a picture. Yeah, yeah part, what is well. the oh. plan for the semion, I'm wondering? Is it going to be used as a blender or as a... No, so we've been making a wine for a number of years at last year called Voila, which is our um, Bordeaux uh, blend. So it's mm -hmm. 50% semion. 25% Sauvignon Blanc and 25% uh, Sauvignon Musquet. Ooh. And the Semillon in the past has been from um, uh, Monterosa. Monterosa, which is the oldest Semillon um, in the world, presumably. California, certainly. And uh, Would it be we, the oldest in the world because all the Bordeaux died? 
Phylloxera? Probably, right? Well, they yeah. swap back and forth, right? I mean, yeah. well, our vines are French vines. Yeah, but I mean, these are, are actually planted and have been in there. the 1880s. In the 1880s. Okay. Huh. At any rate, since Gallo now owns the vineyard, they're keeping all the uh, grapes in house. So Now coming to um, an Orange Swift wine near you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Orange Swift, red or white, whatever it is. <laughs> and what's the blend? Hmm, whatever it is this <laughs> year. Um, anyway, um, so that's what we'll do with it. We have so, to take different routes home tonight so we don't get followed by the <laughs> No, there is no wine mafia. No, we're, okay. sorry. I'm just, you know, we got this guy from Chicago sitting here next to me, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. That's all okay, man. <laughs> he's he's not dangerous. I can guarantee. We that. don't know who he is. He just yeah. he, he kind of appeared at the <laughs> beginning of the show. He, you know, he is the Podfather. That's the pod, that's the, the whole father. thing, man. If so. all of a sudden uh, thought we're, we're sponsored we're... by Gallo, we'll know something's up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we have to I talk would about never that. Never let that happen. <laughs> Anyway, we're not bastardizing this show with him, so we're talking about wine. Uh, he can drink wine, but... Uh, <laughs> and, once again, see? Winemaker, wine retailer, sommelier, wine consumers. Without Ed and I... The three of us have, <laughs> that's it. The three of us have to get real jobs. <laughs> right. God forbid. Hey, you know what? You guys have real jobs, and you work really hard. I, I don't know of another job where you have to put in more hours at odd times than you guys do. You know, when you're doing the field, and you, you only have one chance per year. That's it. You blow it, and that's it. I mean, and I'm sure that you have been involved in a year where, you know, has, has gone wrong at some point. Um, no, I, I don't think yeah. there's ever been a mistake made. Ever? Dean. No, there Dane. you go. Dane. Well, we've, we've, I, I wish you could see what we have open. We have a Dane Sellers uh, Chenin Blanc. Number three. That, yes, yes, there you go. And a Dane Sellers Zinn, and of course a Casada Jeff Cohn. Uh, yeah, we've actually got, we've yeah, actually got four Zinfandels I open know. from uh, one Napa, three Sonoma counties, all 2013s, and, and then um, one 2000. Zen from Sonoma County. And uh, that it's Zinfandel Day, and I I was really hesitant to put Zin in my glass because of a five year old Shannon Blanc that Bart brought in that um, basically better than Gatorade and coffee in the morning. I have a glass of that. (laughs) Fired better than it did when I was selling it. I got Gatorade and coffee (laughs) and Shannon Blanc. That's perfect. No, skip skip the Gatorade. Maybe not the coffee, but you can skip the Gatorade maybe, and go maybe, right to the Chenin Blanc. Maybe they'll start selling that at... Uh, there you go. Go to the creek side and sell the Chenin Blanc. I'll just have it there. Right. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I've been wanting to try this uh, Jeff Cohn Zinfandel from Casada. He fermented this in concrete, and... Um, uh, We've started to work with a little bit, and uh, well, his vineyard, this this Casada, is literally right behind you, right at last. Uh, it, it is. It's 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 up behind the Pagani Ranch. Um, sits right. up there. I think Phil actually planted it originally. No, uh, he farmed it for. There was. I mean, he did a massive replant and expansion of the vineyard. Yeah, but um, no, there's old, there's you know not not old by Pagani standards, but. Um, you know, mid-century oh, there is, really? vines there, oh, okay. yeah, for sure. And there's yeah. an old, like, farmhouse. Right. And you were and saying in Spanish it meant cas- nest? Casada, yeah, they, what did they call it? Um, what was the name of that vineyard? I'm forgetting now. We'll have to look up what nest means. But it is, the the, the name of the vineyard is the family, Spanish for the, family the nest. The family is Casada. The family is the Casadas, right. yeah. Um, and, and... The, it is this little sort of nest-like valley that... It's one of these places... 
that if you could live your whole life in Sonoma, and unless you go there, you'd have no idea it exists because you can't really see it from from the highway. It's, right. it's somewhere between Bennett, half a mile, Valley Road and Highway 12, and you can't get there. Cent, I mean, you can get you no, get there off of Highway 12. It's between Highway 12 and, and Warm, Warm Springs, Springs Road. Road yeah. Okay. There's a little there's a little mountain range there. I don't know if you'd actually call it a mountain range, but a there is a little range there that runs between Highway 12 and 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 Sonoma Creek. So kind of the and back of Jack London State Park. No, the no, back no. of backside of Glen Ellen. The backside of Glen Ellen. Okay. So you know where like the regional park is. Yeah. We should have a map. Um, so like regional park, that whole sort of range, and then the Dunbar, you know, and then behind Dunbar Road. Okay. So like behind the Lassiters, um, but on the the west side of. I guess that's Calabasas Creek on the yes yeah. Calabasas and Sonoma and then yeah. Sonoma comes in yeah. on the on the east side of, of the range. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. the perfect growing area for anything. I mean, oh, this this wine is crazy good. Oh, <laughs> well, that's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, well hey, the uh, I started with the Dane Cellars thirteen. Um, in either thirteen is just a good year. Or uh, you did a good job on this day. <laughs> Maybe it if. It was the year. Sort of. It was the year. Because <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about your wine. Uh, perfect. <laughs> 13, just a good year. The 15 is turning out great. I mean, the stuff I've been tasting. Uh, 15 is interesting. 15, I mean, we can get, we're, we're going far from the Zinfandel extravaganza. That Brian, Brian doesn't actually say anything on this podcast. He's just over here. Pouring, pouring, pouring wine. I'm busy over here, <laughs> Sam. I'm, I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I'll pour for you. <laughs> um, 15, 15 is this bizarre year because uh, we had all the bad weather things happen in fifteen yeah. that you could want to have happen or not want. That you could list, um, and you know crop levels were half, thirty percent to seventy percent down from you know normal years. Um, so there's not a lot of it. Personally, I've found a lot of the 15s that I've tasted to be um, very sort of brutish, um, a little bit angular. Uh, basically, the it, they're survivor. They're, it's survivor wine. You know, the things that made it through, the vines that made it through, the grapes that made it through. It's pretty, that it's pretty bold year. stuff. Yeah, it's bold. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'll take a while for them to really be in their most optimal place because there's just so much structure. Um, that you know the 15s that I, I that we're making, um, I'm gonna hold on to as long as possible before I release them. So what would that be? Four or five years? No, I'm gonna run out. I would I would run out of wine before that. I mean, unless I can jump jumpstart at the 16s. <laughs> yeah, on Tuesday. No, I'm, I'm bottling my 15 reds in July, um, and I will be surprised if any of them of the, the July bottling is released within a year. It would all be like probably okay. at least August, uh, September of, you know, the the, the fall, what will that be, 2018 wine club shipment would probably get them. And then wow. and then I'd slowly release them into the tasting room, you know, in the holidays. Bart, same for you on the 2015? Yeah, I, I'm only bottling one uh, 2015. It's a cab. And um, I'll, I'm that's sold the, out of Cabernet. That's the only thing you made in, in 15? In 15, yeah. It wasn't a good year to try to find new grape sources in no. 2015. No, Nobody um, had anything. Well, I mean, I had some people I talked about getting some grapes from, and when the crop came out, the guy in the at the bottom of the totem pole just didn't get grapes that year. Um, and, and that was fine, actually. It, it worked out just fine. I, I'm happy with the cab I got. But again, I'm sold out of the, my previous cab, so... 
I'll be looking to um, uh, release it as soon as possible, but we'll see it out how it tastes when it gets in the bottle. So, Brian, how how is it tasting to you? Uh, is that fifteen as as bold as? I mean, because I've had several that are out. I mean, twenty fifteens, twenty fifteens that are out. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know it's yeah. amazing that it's because we're talking about Zen. The um, that wine magazine came out with their reviews of Zins and. Most of them are all 15s, and um, hmm. you know, and and they've been out for a while. Some of them, and um, it, you know, it's style, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just style. it's personal winery yeah. preference, and depends on the winery and the winemaker, obviously. But um, yeah, it's interesting that they're out. So, what are we pouring next? Well, so so we've <laughs> had the the Jeff Cohn. Um, I just which tried was, some what, of the sixteen six hundred, and this is a thirteen. These are all They're thirteen all, okay. except for the two thousand, which you'll you'll notice when you um, get that in your glass because it's much different um, on the nose. Let me get the uh, the the JC JC. <laughs> yeah. You know, just this is a sin pouring out wine. I it's just but I want to make lunch. This is how you this is how you taste wine in the morning. That's right, John. You know this you is this is absolutely the best time for us to be tasting these wines. Fresh yeah. palate. Fresh palate. Yep. You know, your mind is fresh. Your palate is fresh. It's it's morning time. You know the wine is the, the weather is perfect temperature wise. Everything you know, ambient air. Um, yeah, sixty something. To, you know, it's it's, this is this is where it's at as far as oh, tasting boy. wine from an objective standpoint. And then when we go to lunch, you can taste wine from a mm. enjoyment recreational standpoint. Our, 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 our friends at uh, Chateau Montalegna. Right, so my wife's uh, boss is a wine club member at Chateau Montalena, and they bought, they had a, a company dinner, and they bought a case of wine from Bart, and then I think they got a case of wine from Chateau Montalena, and so what came back was um, some of the stuff from Chateau Montalena. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, of course, was where they faked the uh, tasting of uh, the Judgment of yeah. Paris, don't, right? Don't don't don't, 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 don't step in that no, one no. again, John. No, no. Chateau Montalena was involved in the Judgment of Paris, yes. and it was filmed. It Some was of filmed. It was filmed yeah. there, so. but I know it's still I, not historically We were historically we were just uh, we were wondering track. about uh, how that uh, whole reshoot was coming. I, I um I'm I haven't heard. I'm interested. You know, so Uncle Bobby is uh, involved in so many different movie projects at a time. That um, his personal, you know, child, the 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 um, Judgment of Paris movie, it, I think it's moving along. But you know, he talks more about you know hanging out in London with Gerard Butler for a week, rewriting some script of something, and you know, and then going to L.A. for three days, and you know, the whole deal. And then he goes to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and sells wine for three days. You know, he, he's uh, <laughs> almost 70. He'd probably kill me if I said that on the radio. Uh, and and hustles as hard as anybody. Yeah, he now. does. Yeah. What's what's the elevation up there? I was wondering about that. Um, you know, where his studio, uh, you know, sort of tasting platform up there is probably 12, 1,300 feet. Um, and then, you know, right behind it, the the peak... You know, kind of shoots up behind his property to about 22, 21. Such wow. a beautiful area up there. It's, yeah, it's 
stunning. It's another one of those places, kind of like the Casada Nest, that um, you can live your whole life in Sonoma and never even never even never even go up Norvon Road. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, without a hang glider or a helicopter. Um, You know, just a comment about the the Montalina. I mean, I'm. Huge I, difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think of is that it, area up there. State fruit? I don't know. I was going to look because it, it seems like it was, wherever it was, it was very, very ripe and uh, from a much warmer area than maybe we are. It says Calistoga Zinfandel. So, yeah. Calistoga's hot. So it's hot. And I think you can uh, notice that in the Casada's aromas really of the wine. Good. I'm going to hold on at the Casada and get a different glass for the Montalina. <laughs> yes, Brian is uh, getting our glasses glass. today. So. <laughs> you know, I'm down to only two of those because I keep breaking the damn stems on those. Uh, they're when you're packing man. up the equipment, just grab a few. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I need to do. Steal glasses we, from my in, buddy Sam. In the tasting room industry, we just call that we call that attrition, John. It's attrition. <laughs> sort of like um, house uh, use for uh, yeah, yeah. your wine stash. Home use. <laughs> home use for the wine. That what made. happened to that 35 cases? Mm, home use. Home use. <laughs> well, it's a huge difference. Um, you know, first of all, Jeff's is so bold, and this has... Yeah, Jeff, Jeff makes uh, tends to make big wines that... Um, you know, are, are enjoyable upon release, but you could also lay down for 10, 15, I think 20 years, some of his wines that he makes, um, some of the Syrahs. And yeah, that, that Zen, I mean, it's got like mocha and coffee flavors and a lot of herbal stuff going on. I mean, that, that is a monster wine, but it's just delicious. The, the thing that the, the J.C. Sellers has is within that giant boldness is subtlety and, and complexity and layers. Yeah. Um, and, and when we talk about balance you know balanced wine um in my mind that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for ripeness i want to know that the wine was actually made from fruit um but i want to see that that um you know secondary tertiary kind of flavors um See, I didn't, I didn't say third and dairy. Um, <laughs> you, you can, however, though. It uh, is a podcast. Uh, and, and that's when you, know, you move from really great, good wine to, to great wine is when you strike that, strike that balance and you know, have bold, big, bold flavors that leave room for... So the Casada has more balance for me than the Chateau Montalegna. You know, it's just... For me, I, you know, and I'm very fruit forward. I mean, I, that's the way I like my wines. You know, but and you know it takes a while to understand what balance really is. There's a new barrel in the Montalena part. <laughs> um, no comment. Uh, <laughs> Your thoughts? No, I mean, I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to be fair. I, you know, the the wine uh, is a different style um, than the other three Zins that we've tasted, and I think that has a lot to do with where the grapes, the other three grapes, all came from here in the valley. Right, and that's and, a different terroir. And the rest is over in Calistoga. And, this is and, and Chateaumontalie is over in Calistoga. Yeah, you know what? What you taste? The, where this conversation started was, you know, you, you taste the fog. Yes. You taste the fact that, um, you know, while our daytime temperatures may have reached close to or you know equaled what Calistoga was, um, by seven o'clock there was cool. You know, five o'clock you saw it last night. There's there's cool wind blowing in. Yeah, I'm starting to fog. shut it down. You shut it down a little yep. bit. You, you you preserve some of that freshness so you can get something that's as big and fruity and and yeah, juicy that's a as great the exa- Great example. Yeah. But 
maintain some of that that balance and freshness and minerality that that makes you know that, the, that's the, where wine becomes great. The fruit from Sonoma probably got down to you know 60 50 degrees overnight where the fruit from Calistoga probably never got below 70 or you know stayed even higher than that for on, long in 2013 long, long yeah. stretches why long is stretches. Calistoga so hot because i'm thinking you know up by dry creek is where you get the blistering hot temperatures well for they're both it, you know. both those areas are very landlocked right Calistoga has mountains all around it whether it's um well, help me out sam Sp- spring, spring mountain to the, I mean the the top of the Mayakamas. The whole range, thing. It's very Lake landlocked. County, There's no fog Lina. getting in. Yeah, no diurnal um, shift. And and the same thing in Dry Creek. It yeah, it might get a little peak of fog coming over behind the dam. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it's as opposed to just down Highway one oh one where the fog billows in where they grow more Pinot. Well what is it's Sagacio up up um in Dry Creek mm-hmm. who does all the zin. Right. Um and I remember going to a Zap event up there. And now they've got their big oh, you, event today. It was like the hottest day of the year. It was. 105 <laughs> degrees. We're drinking warms in. And Carol Shelton had a case of Grenache Rosé. And she was just parceling it out to anybody she really knew and liked. And that happened to be, at that time, us. And we were <laughs> hanging around Carol Shelton on the... I like her. She does a good job. She does an amazing and, uh, job a nice on her wines, too. man. You know? yeah. And so, you know, they're having that big event at, at Ridge today. Um, we uh, just talked to John it's, Olney it's about it. It's a Zap it. weekend and a Roan Rangers weekend? It is. Wow. And, and so, we're <laughs> sitting here talking to each other. Well, that's okay. Talking to ourselves. <laughs> we're, you know what? We're talking about wine. Talking that's about wine, that's yeah. important. So, you know, that's it's. I don't need this but, um, for, yeah, the, I'm thinking that Dry Creek is the hottest place you could ever grow Zin. And, and all the wine that I've ever had from up there, I mean, the Sagacio stuff is so Zin big. Zin can handle the heat, though. It's one of the things, it's why... You found, you know, all over California, up and down the valley, um, you know, Central Valley, people grew Zinfandel and still grow Zinfandel as, as it can handle the heat. Yeah. You have these these big canopies, big clusters, big berry size. I mean, um, the, the east side tough. of Castle Robles. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, There's nothing out there. And no. It's, it's the know, desert. It's the desert. Yeah, it's, it's a coastal desert. And it, and Zin, Zin thrives. If you get a little bit of water and a lot of sunshine, and, and you can grow Zinfandel. Um, well, you can grow Zin from to, Amador County to Lodi. To be, I mean, again, it's Zin has. I, I just recently had a guy um, review my wines, and he and he said, you know, I typically don't like Zin. He goes, but you know, they all kind of taste the same, a little over the top, sometimes too sweet, um, and everybody thinks they have to be sweet, and they don't need to be sweet. No, I like. They can have I a like touch pepper. of richness to yeah. them, but they don't have to be sweet. Like to the point of some of them are. No, and Bart, I just tried yours, and I love the juiciness of that wine. Like I want food with that wine. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's definitely a lens. So we had a dry uh, tip yeah. last night with the Casada, and it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it just went great. You know. Yeah. Oh, and I'm out of the Dane, so I'm I'm totally <laughs> screwed. <laughs> so. This podcast has totally just become a way for us to sell more wine to Johnny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, here, here's great. the deal, though. <laughs> You've already had somebody walk in and say they listened to the podcast and bought wine. And bought wine. Join, join the club. Join the club. That's perfect. You know, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, we're demystifying wine. It's, uh, yeah, you can sit around on a Saturday morning and talk about wine. It's perfect. 
So, yeah. so from, from this small sampling, can we say that Sonoma County does the best Zinfandel? <laughs> well, it certainly beats I, I, the I, I know we can say that, but uh, what, what are you guys' opinions? Well, of, who I, do you think? I've been missing the Dane. I haven't had one yet. All right, here, jump in on that. Yeah, I, I, I've always um, favored the Zinfandels. From Sonoma Valley. Sonoma Valley. That's yeah. Sonoma Those Valley. Are, I mean, it seems Sonoma to be the Valley home of Zinfandel, right? I, I think so. Dry Creek yeah. makes the call and um, claims it. But to me, really, I, I think Sonoma Valley has the most balanced and uh, most interesting ones. This is kind of Zin's um, home. And, and they're, they're more unique here um, yeah. as opposed to they're more dimensional yeah. by two bits. <sighs> Beautiful bouquet on that. Yeah, wow. that's not nice. You know, it, there's so many different ways to enjoy wine. I mean, I, I watch people, and they all have a certain style. Some people kind of lean over and sniff out of one side of their nose and really get deep into it. Everybody has, you know, I mean, at some point, you can you know, you kind of get a buzz off of just smelling the wine. I, There's you, a whole that's science that's just to that's even just smelling that's, the wine, that's too. That's purely your brain telling you what you're smelling you're about to enjoy. And that's, that's endorphin. Maybe it's, I mean I don't think you can. Could you inhale volatilized alcohol? alcohol and get drunk from that part? You're the you're the <laughs> winemaker. <laughs> if that was the case, winemakers would be. Oh, wine, you know, <laughs> wine, uh, dude. So, so here's a, really good, here, here's an interesting little experiment I've been doing for a while is during harvest when you're fermenting the uh, in open top tanks, we put a uh, a cover over them, and throughout the night when it's fermenting. It's giving off a lot of steam, right? It's it's there's water vapor coming off. Do you use it as a hot tub, a spa? No, no, no. <laughs> this is just what collects on the cover. And if you take the cover off and you collect the water, the vapor that comes off that, it's actually alcohol, and it's a it's it's about um, sixty seven percent alcohol. No, thirty seven percent alcohol. Jesus, this is on the, the inside. This is on the inside of the fermentation. Um, so it's it's basically, it's a, it's a. You're talking about like a tarp. Like, what are you putting yeah, over the top? So we have a, we have these formed tarps that you know are right. food grade, and it, it just allows it helps keep some heat in. It doesn't keep fruit flies and stuff from flying. Kind of like something you put on your hot tub. Like it, it's like exactly it like that. Yeah. Okay. And so overnight, you know, the 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 fermentation tank is at 85 degrees, and it's giving off gas and vapor, but that's all alcohol. And so, so you're you're have you sampled these little droplets of water to yes, try them? Yes. What does I mean, it taste like? In the lab, right? In the lab. I might have collected some bottles of it in the lab. This is like a new and, territory. And think and think right about here. this. What about what is I wanna this year I wanna say what does the Zinvendel vapor taste like? Does it taste different than the Cabernet vapor? Have you uh, have you tasted oh. the vapor? Uh-huh. He's licked it, does the it tarp. I, have, I have some. I'll bring them over sometime. We can taste them. <laughs> So what we need the, to get a carboy. I just I have this vision of Bart licking the tarp. No, we need to get some PVC pipe, a carboy. We <laughs> oh no, and I've done that before, where you you just oh, put something Bart. heavy in the middle, right? And then you put a Tupperware container in there, and right. you just sit the, on top of the on top, on of, the top of the grapes, and it just drips into it. You know what this reminds me of? It's you like know, homemade um, still. Yeah, totally. You know, you know, there's a vodka you can get. I think Hangar One did a fog vodka, the mist vodka, yeah. That that they put out like these these uh, fog catchers out on the coast, and I think Randall Graham had something to do with it. And um, and they would just get these little fog catchers, and the and the water would drip down. It was supposed to simulate like dew in the morning um, on leaves, 
and they had the little PVC dappled pipe in and, sunlight, and it would run right down into a carboy, and that's what they distilled. Uh, What's and a made carboy? The, what are you talking about? So here? a carboy is uh, one of those glass things that you you know people who make beer at home know what a carboy is. Five even gallon jug, do, glass um, jug. Okay, it's, it's the, it, basically a, a carboy is the jug. That's on the water cooler in your office. There you go. Like that's the Alhambra that, man. That size, except right, for it's right. glass and not delivered by a yeah. guy with a weird truck with but I, you know, a sequence on it. But I'm thinking, you know, you see grappa as like the, 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 the end-all, be-all. You know, people actually taking must and using uh, the must. But I mean, Bart has discovered a completely new territory well, but, here. But, which the is, other stand thing is that this is not over-the-top alcohol. I mean, it's not... It's, it's delicate proof. in some way. Yeah. You know, you're because it's right a, at the beginning of fermentation, and so it's. Yeah. I have to. I, I, I've. I've. I've not. I have to go back and we sent it in once to run an alcohol on it, and it was surprising how high it was. Wow. It was definitely higher than you know any wine. I mean, there's got to be a way to trap well, that. You're distilling. Oh, it's yeah. Very easy to trap it. You know. And distill your own wine vapor but alcohol. What do you, I mean, it's you know. We should talk. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, the nice thing about it is it happens so slowly, and there's so little of it that you could sell it for a lot of money. That, well, that's the other thing I was thinking too. You're, I'm looking at these little perfume bottles full of you know, no, new right. business model. Right. Put it on the Brian list case. You leave it to Brian. I, I always thought it was so, or something that you could use to make a cocktail with. Yeah. Why not? Right. Right. Well, well hey, everybody. Mix it back in with some free run juice. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, perfect way to end the show. Brian's new uh, money-making idea. Um, so we'll, we shall revisit that. And uh, I want to say thanks to Sam Katuri, 16600, Winery 16600, or for those in the know, Winery 16. 16 boo. boo. What and, up, boo? And yes, what up, boo? And yes, it does look like boo. And uh, Bart Hansen from Dane Sellers and Lassiter Family Wines. And Mr. Brian Casey, uh, sommelier, beautiful. Actually friend. training next training. week uh, at the restaurant, Sante. I'm going to take over right. for Mark when he's on vacation. So. Nice. Then I'll come in and Good sell man. you some wine. While Seriously. We're there. <laughs> Anyone that wants to, wants to sell me wine, Mark come in, come in next week. Brian's blown through the entire third quarter budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Henry, Henry Mathis will be in. I can uh, we'll get them all so. on the list. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening once again. We are the winemakers, and we'll see you next week. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you.